Welcome to the Our Savior Speaks podcast from Our Savior Episcopal Church, located at 4227 Columbia Road in Martinez, Georgia. Through this podcast, we'll be sharing messages of hope and encouragement that can be found in the life and lessons of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We will also explore ways in which God can work through each of us to make our Lord's grace and love a reality for all of humanity. In the sermon that you will hear in a few moments, I will talk about looking busy versus being actively engaged in meaningful endeavors and how this relates to our involvement in ministry. I will note how Paul, in his letter to the Corinthians, helps us see how our mission as Christians to proclaim the gospel should be viewed as something that has been entrusted to us by God rather than as a burden to bear. I will also highlight elements of people serving joyfully that we will hear about in the lessons for the day. Up next, we will hear readings from Isaiah chapter 40, verses 21 to 31, from Psalm 147, verses 1 through 12, and verse 21c, from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 9, verses 16 to 23, and from Mark's gospel, chapter 1, verses 29 to 39. A reading from the book of Isaiah. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them like a tent to live in, who brings princes to naught and makes the rulers of the earth as nothing. Scarcely are they planted, scarcely sown, scarcely has their stem taken root in the earth when he blows upon upon them and they wither and the tempest carries them off like stubble. To whom then will you compare me? Or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high and see who created these. He who brings out their host and numbers them, calling them all by name, because he is great in strength, mighty in power. Not one is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak? O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Even youths will faint and be weary, and the young will fall exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We're going to be chanting Psalm 147, found in your bulletin. Oh, my God. 
A reading from the first letter of Paul to the Corinthians. If I proclaim the gospel, this gives me no ground for boasting, for an obligation is laid on me, and woe to me if I do not proclaim the gospel. For if I do this of my own will, I have a reward. But if not of my own will, I am entrusted with a commission. What then is my reward? Just this, that in my proclamation, I may make the gospel free of charge, so as not to make full use of my rights in the gospel. For though I am free with respect to all, I have made myself a slave to all, so that I might win more of them. To the Jews, I became as a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law, I became as one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law, I became as one outside the law, though I am not free from God's law, but am under Christ's law, so that I might win those outside the law. To the weak, I became weak, so that I might win the weak. I've become all things to all people, that I might by all means save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel, so that I may share in its blessings. The word of the Lord. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Mark. Glory, Glory to, to you, Lord Christ. As soon as they left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told him about her at once. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or possessed with demons. And the whole city was gathered around the door. And he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place. And there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, Everyone is searching for you. He answered, Let us go on to the neighboring towns, so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came out to do. And he went throughout Galilee proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. In 
name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. So when I was looking at the annual parish report a few weeks ago, the first thing that came to mind was, we sure do have a lot going on here at Our Savior. As I read through this report, I realized how thankful I am to be serving with you all in this active parish that has many opportunities for people to function in ministry. I also realized that some folks just may not be aware that our campus sees activity seven days a week. This happens because, well, we come to here, together here on Sunday mornings, we have our weekday services, and then our AA group that meets over in the parish hall. It's as it should be. It should be a thriving community, a thriving campus of activity. So with these thoughts swirling around in my mind, I thought of a humorous phrase that some of you may have seen as it has appeared on social media. It's a meme, and it says, Jesus is coming. Look busy. That's not what we do, right? It is, it is one thing to look busy and another to be occupied in meaningful endeavors. Now, busyness it does not always result in things being accomplished. But when we are active and engaged, there are no limits whatsoever to what can be achieved in the ministry of our Lord. In his letter to the Corinthians that we heard just a few moments ago, Paul understands the importance of the work that is needed in proclaiming the gospel. He also helps us see that we should consider this task as something that has been entrusted to us by God rather than a burden that we have to bear. At first glance, it may seem like Paul is maybe being a little disingenuous when it sounds like He's trying to be all things to all people. Now, there was a, a lengthy discussion that came about in our Wednesday study group this past week. And so we concluded that Paul, he may have been trying to describe how he, he attempts to meet people where, wherever they may be on their spiritual journey, so as not to appear as one who is unintentionally belittling the path they're traveling or forcing anything on them. In that same study group, I shared my own experience I've had before as a, when I was a hospice chaplain fresh out of seminary. In that role, I was not seeking to make new Episcopalians. My sole purpose, however, it was to help patients and family members find comfort and peace in very difficult terminal situations, regardless of their religious affiliation or lack thereof. I did my best each day to meet individuals where they were in, in that moment and offer whatever was needed to help. Like Paul, I was exercising my freedom to walk alongside people in need without requiring anything of or from them. Often these situations result in people wanting to really know more about God's love and grace. And, and when that was not desired, they were usually just grateful to have someone to just listen to them. Someone who was not a family member in that same boat with them. Someone who could just listen 
to what they had to say and know more about what they were going through. When Paul speaks of becoming all things to all people, I believe that he is giving all of us some good advice on how we can be better humans if we interact with folks in a respectful manner and take the time necessary to get to know them. Paul's approach, it it might be time-consuming, and yeah, I get it, it's occasionally difficult, but it can... But it really is the most sincere way to proclaim the gospel with our lives to the point where others might just want to know more about what motivates us to do what we do as followers of Christ. In his sermon last Sunday, many of you heard Bishop Logue when he was preaching and he talked about what it means to be a questionable Christian. When he said that, we all just kind of chuckled. Yeah, okay, what are you going to say now, Bishop, right? But, but being a questionable Christian, I love that. He spoke of how the lives, uh, he spoke about the lives of the Reverend Florence Lee Tamoy and Deaconess Alexander, and he spoke of how they, they really, uh, when he was talking about them, I was thinking about what he said, is, is they, they really fit into um, what we're hearing in this morning's readings. They, they line up very well with what we've heard in Paul's letter to the Corinthians. And, and this is a life that may cause others to question our actions if we follow through and possibly maybe even encourage them to join us in learning more. We can also see a questionable way of living playing out in today's passage from Mark's Gospel. If you had a chance to read the Weekly Flyer a few days ago um, in my article, I noted the first scene in today's gospel lesson where Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever. This meant that she could not greet the visitors who were coming into her home when they arrived. And Mark points out how that Jesus came and took her by the hand and he lifted her up and the fever left her and she began to serve them. In those two sentences, there was a lot going on. Now, The Greek word that Mark uses for what this woman does is called, is is diakoneo, that originates from another Greek word, which is diakonos, which is where we get the English word for deacon. Yes, thank you, Deacon Sandy, for being my stand-in over there this morning. So diakoneo, it's a verb, okay? It is a verb that means to serve or to minister which means that Mark is telling us that this now formerly ill woman, well, she immediately began to minister to those who came to minister to her. Yeah, let that sink in for just a moment. So as we think about how that transpired so quickly, what if we put ourselves in the mother-in-law's place of lying in bed ill and unable to do things for ourselves. What might be our reaction if, if we were immediately healed during a brief encounter with Jesus? Well, if we look and see what she does, she begins serving with grateful joy as a response to the gift of healing that she's received. It is possible that after this, she may have gone and told others about her experience that likely led to more and more people wanting to learn more about the joy she had found. 
Now, a point in our gospel passage that really caught my attention is that nobody, nobody told Simon's mother-in-law to start serving. So when we dig a little deeper into what's going on here, into this, this meaning of the word diakonos, we find that the tense of this word that Mark is using is called the imperfect tense, meaning that she is beginning something but not completing an action. She's beginning something that continues, that continues. In another sermon that Bishop Logue wrote about this passage, he states, she did not serve and minister to them because of some duty. No, not at all. She served out of love. Simon's mother-in-law became as much a follower of Jesus as any of his disciples. Simon's mother-in-law was not ordained no one was at this point, end quote. The fact that Simon's mother-in-law is even mentioned lets us know that her level of serving with gratitude, it must have been pretty amazing. And it was likely ongoing and significant since women were not really recognized much in that patriarchal society. So in today's lessons, we find Jesus... Paul, and yes, Simon's mother-in-law, focusing on the needs of others to include those who might be outside of comfort zones. When we may prefer to, to kind of stay in our familiar places and, and do good and, and with and for people we know, God, God may have other plans for where we should be living out our faith. To engage in this way of serving our Lord, I believe that we should be living life steeped in prayer and devotion by intentionally and constantly seeking God's guidance in going forward. In Mark's gospel, we are told how Jesus, he went out to a deserted place and there he prayed. If we choose to follow his example, I believe that we might discover in prayer new and exciting possibilities for how our words and our actions can better reflect the relationship we have with our Lord. In today's gospel, we see how Jesus, he's exercising his freedom in spreading a message of hope in words and deeds. When Paul speaks of, of approaching people from varying backgrounds, he talks of being free to serve. So we're not only free to serve, but in serving, I believe that we can experience our own tremendous freedom by allowing God to reveal ways in which our desires and our interest can be used to fulfill the needs that can benefit many, possibly exceed our expectations, and provide a sense of fulfillment that comes when we all bring our gifts and abilities together in ministry. Yes, by working together, we can help others discover true freedom from our Lord as we share the love of God together. Amen. <laughs>